1: Keyshawn, J Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: Keyshawn, J Will, and Max, we are on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN U. You can watch us right now. He is living the dream. You could read that on his shirt if you have if you're watching on TV. You can click more on the lower right-hand corner of the ESPN app, probably already on your phone. Scroll down to live radio. You don't have to be in your car. You don't have to be near a radio. If you got a phone, and you do, you got the ESPN app, you just click on it, and boom, we are in your ears live, and we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Keyshawn J. Willimax yes. is presented by Progressive Insurance, and it's Progressive's 10th Keys to Progress giveaway for veterans. This year, their goal is to gift a vehicle to a recipient, small business, or nonprofit in every single state. See more about their annual giveaway at keys2progress.com.
3: <clears throat> Good morning, Yes, Key. I am living the dream. You're living the Good dream? Good morning. What's the dream? I'm working with two of the finest gentlemen in all of the land.
4: Why? Not that's to eat a fast during the break. That's what's I it? eat fast all the time. Yates was just yelling at me, our producer, is like, yo, you finished that at one break? I just inhaled a whole breakfast burrito. That went down like an aspirin. I don't know how to eat... Slowly anymore, right? Like, even when I'm at home with my kids, I'm just like I just go yeah. eat that joint but, like he fresh yeah. out, man. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It, it's like I, well, well, first of all, that's no a hell ta- of a
2: breakfast burrito. And it's the
4: best breakfast oh, burrito my God. there is. It, it's but like we only have what six minutes to eat during the break.
2: Yeah, probably not even really.
4: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's bad. I got acid reflux. I got the hiccups. Well, got, keys actually
2: I'm inspired you. me. I just don't eat he until, until eat after the all. show. All. I know. I'm figuring if he can do it, I can do it too. So just. But why
4: is that good? Well, it's a way to not get fat. It's a way to not get fat. Yeah. So not eating is a or actually you can make the case if you eat in smaller. Segments you uh, this, then burn more this, calories. That's scientifically what they would tell you. Well, it's yeah. fewer and calories. You would you ask fewer calories. You would
2: ask somebody
3: out more. here, and they would tell you, just have a kale shake, and you'll be fine all day. So, <laughs> <it's laughs> scientifically, right? Cle- just I mean, have a you Got people shake.
2: cleansing <laughs> for a week. Uh, what you have? I had a, uh, <laughs> I had a kale shake Give me some uh, last Tuesday. Juice, I'll be man, fine. I,
3: I, I've done that many times over. That that cleansing stuff and juice. Die- man, it just ooh
4: man. How long do you not have to eat? How long does it go on for? Oh, a clean? I've
3: done it. I've done it. I've done it for two or three weeks It's just. Oof. I can't. I think the longest I've done it is three weeks with just juice. Oh, basically, Mm-mm. and that's it. It's Not different. Me. I could function. Different juices. Then there's a certain water. Then there's like the the thicker uh, a thicker like shake type deal with almonds and dates and all no. that. So, and, so, where's know? the but protein man, come from? There is none, man. The greens, the greens, the broccolis, and all the different. Not stuff enough. That, I'm a not green, a damn doctor, green? man. I'm just doing um, what they tell me to do. Green? Yeah, you got some, but like not <laughs> yeah, enough. So not high. Yeah. In yeah. the almonds and stuff like that, you eat a little yeah. bit of the nuts and things of that nature. But oh that's pretty much god. it. That's a solid that you would eat. So, and then I could get look like Tom Brady.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Tom Brady, I just hope he's eating something, man. He looks like he's going through it. You know who's not going through it right now? Oh, God, the, yes. Giants yeah, the, the Giants and the Jets.
3: Yeah, yeah. The Jets and the Giants. Here we go. Let's Jets go.
2: are a point and a half underdogs against uh, the Patriots. Huh. I don't. I, I don't agree with I, that. And the Giants are three and a half point dogs at the Seahawks, and that I can see. And I'm a Giants fan, but I just feel like, like, look. Let's start with the Giants
4: can, for a second. You can't see the Jets being underdogs. Nope. I don't think I can they should see be underdogs. Both of them being underdogs.
3: The Giants are flying all the way. What's today? Wednesday. They play Sunday, so they'll probably leave on Friday, I'm thinking, because such a long flight. In, In the 12th man, Seattle, it might be raining or misting. Geno Smith is mad at the Giants for how they did him when he was there as the backup. It's all that going Daniel Jones' first real true test on the road in his career, right? This is the first real true test on the road in his career that makes sense, not going to Jacksonville or going to Washington. I'm talking about prime football game where two teams is really good in Seattle as well as the Giants. Now, I keep going back and forth on this one. I want to pick the Giants because D.K. Metcalf may not be playing. He's out. That's something that I look at. But then by the time the game time comes, I feel like that 12th man is going to kick in. So I'm kind of conflicted on which team I should actually pick to win this I, game.
2: I, Jay, I am a Giants fan. I hope they you win. You are? You're I a hope, Giants I fan? I hope they win. Shocking. But to me, <laughs> I, to, if they're going to – like I look at the schedule a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably the one they dropped because – I thought they win in Jacksonville. They did. But they're winning all of these tight games. This, this is a team that – and when people say they know how to win, they do. They know how to win. Obviously. They're showing character late in games. But to fly across the country, as Key said, you're facing a team that does has certain similarities with your own team, only even without Metcalf, they still have better receivers than you. And they're at home, right? Like, it's just... A, it, this to me looks like the kind of maybe they're due to lose a tight one. Maybe this is it. I get it. Why are the the, the, the Jets underdogs to the Pats,
4: though? Well, wait, wait. wait. I just want to stick on the Giants yeah, yeah, for stick a second. Because sure. I think there's a, there's a bigger theme that we're kind of missing here. We got two guys up for coaching, coach of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, sure. we got Pete Carroll, who at the beginning of the season, I mean, with the way the whole Russell Wilson thing went down in the off season, I mean, nobody gave this team a chance at all. And then, you know, Key talked about, obviously, Geno Smith potentially being the same thing. Pete Carroll was like, oh, I believe we can win 10 games this season. I believe in Geno Smith to be the future of this franchise. He obviously saw something. So you have that going on in a positive direction. Then, obviously, you have what Brian Dable has been able to do with the Giants, getting Saquon Barkley healthy, and obviously having Daniel Jones play at a pretty high level, both these guys getting deals. So that leads me to the question, who's in a better position to win Coach of the Year right now if you had to choose, Key?
3: I I think I'm going to – it's interesting because I I have a little bit of a relationship with Pete Carroll, but I think Brian Dable is doing a better job in this situation because Pete knew what he had. And the reason I say Pete knew what he had is, you know, we talk to people and stuff like that. And when I could tell you that Geno Smith is the same thing to them as Russell Wilson was to them. That's because I'm trusting in the, the eyes that's there that knows and they see. And, you know, when you talk to somebody, they tell you, they'll tell you if they good people with you, they'll tell you we ain't going to be good. or they going to tell you? I'm telling you, we're going to be good. So I knew that. But then when you look at Brian Dable, I didn't think that the Giants. First of all, they didn't pick up fifth year options on two guys that say Carl Barkley and Daniel Jones. So that told me right then and there, they don't even believe in the team. The team is just, they. they it's an evaluation year. But as they started to win, they went from the two-point two, two point conversion, they got it. At that point in time, I said, he thinks his team is good. And then all of a sudden, he start coaching them up. You start seeing different things. They started responding to him. He's smoking cigars after the game, like, hey, I'm the boss, I'm in town. The players started resonating to that. And that was something that he brought with him from Buffalo, and when I look at it, I'm like, "Jay, this dude gonna be coach of the year."
2: Yeah, Brian Dable. Look, key. I think the big the reason, like when you talk about coach of the year, or this happens with MVP conversations sometimes, right? You start looking for who had success and then who had less around them. So Pete Carroll's very experienced. You know, a switch at quarterback, yes, but he's been there before in the same town for Absolutely. a long time. A lot of the same personnel mm-hmm. comes back, and except for last year, they've had a lot of success. Okay. Th- then you look at even um, uh, um, uh, uh, Sala, right? He has more talent than Daybol on the team in obvious ways. Maybe Daybull has a little more talent than people realize on the team, but. But Salah has talent in, in, more obviously, he has receivers with talent. He has guys, he has a corner with a lot of high draft picks, and it wasn't just like line guys, right? It was offensive line guys. It was guys at kind of eye-popping positions. Then you look at, you know, just take one at a time, Sirianni. Sirianni coming into the season, they were loaded. A lot of people, including us on, the, we, on this show, picked them to win the division, but Dable, as Key pointed out, came in with extremely low expectations for this year. This was an evaluation period. You can look at the team. They don't have receivers. They don't have a lot of the stuff that these other teams have. And they got one loss on the season. And that was a tight
4: one to the Cowboys. I think Dable's coach of the year so far, Jay. I think They're he has a lead as well team, because he though, he he's turned around the culture, right? Like there's been a movement in a belief. Like look, I think people on the outside question pete carroll but i never heard former players question pete carroll to the degree like there were more questions around russell wilson so i I think for brian dable right now with the way he has his own players believe in him and how they're playing at such a high level wink Martindale, the job they've done on the defensive end
2: about the fact that he gives up play like think of all
4: the right moves
2: dable and shane together came in and made you know what I'm not calling plays. My I'm Kafka. the head coach. Kafka's going to call the plays. Let's bring in Wink. He's going to coach the defense. But the buck stops with me. You know what? We're going for it. I, but before we even go for and it, hey, also, let me ask the veterans, how you guys feel about this? Good, good, let's go. He's doing all the
3: yeah, right things, Keith. All, all, all the right things. And he also made the decision internally that certain guys weren't going to play if they didn't do what they needed to do. And that, that takes a lot of guts to do because typically in professional sports, you follow the money. And when you start talking about Tony at the receiver position, Galladay at the receiver position, they got money and draft picks tied up in those guys and coaches sometimes are forced to play guys because of that. But you can clearly see that Brian Dable and company didn't care. They like, ah, these dudes aren't, they can't help us based on whatever. And then when you talk about Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll is a wise, old, gray-haired veteran coach that knows how to win in this league. He knows what it takes to win. And you say, well, okay, a lot of people didn't say anything bad about Pete Carroll. I mean, uh, uh, you know, bad about Pete Carroll because Russell Wilson won the PR battle. The PR battle was won by Russ. That's why a lot of people felt like him leaving was going to hurt Pete Carroll. But Pete Carroll knew immediately. He knew. He's like, we got something here. That's why we're going to win 10 games, and I'm not going to pay a guy $200 million to win 10 games when I can give a guy $7 million to get the same thing out of him, and we're going to be in the same position probably trying to win our division, and it saves us a hell of a lot of money. And that is that is a smart coach that's a veteran coach and a front office personnel guy in, in Snyder that understands what it takes to build a team because they've done it before.
2: The Road to the World series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I don't know how they're going to let him cycle through more quarterbacks
0: or be responsible for the development of the next franchise quarterback. You could just tell they never found a flow in Indianapolis with Matt Ryan. If Frank Reich is going to be the one to go, Chris Ballard ain't far behind.
2: Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN NFL analyst Tim before we get to because look the NFL trade deadline's approaching you know we're going to ask you which team should be buyers or sellers but I want to ask you something I asked Kimberly Martin because we were talking New York football just now Jets Giants both having great seasons compared to expectations especially who has the better quarterback who has the best quarterback um between the Jets and the Giants
5: oh that's a tough one I think I'd go with Daniel Jones right now um but you know it's interesting because I you know I I also feel like either one, you know, I could have a game where I'm watching and I feel like, oh, man, the wheels just came off, you know, with how he played today, which, look, I guess is the case for all these quarterbacks, but um, I'd go with Jones.
2: I agree. All right, so now as the NFL deadline approaches, Tim, which team should be buyers and which team should be sellers? You ready? Uh, I'm ready. The Colts are three and three buyers or sellers.
5: Look, here's what I would say, and this may be a bit of a surprise. I would have them more as buyers than sellers. So, truthfully, I would have them do nothing. They're traditionally quiet around the deadline. Um, But the reason I say it is there's a team that really felt like they were just a quarterback away. Now, the quarterback hasn't worked out, and things are getting strange, uh, you know, for the Colts. But I don't think they should sell, you know, their roster, which is a good one.
3: And I'm with Tim on that. Just it, it's nothing to buy or sell. We're not in the marketplace right now. Let's see if we can get things turned around with three, three, and one in the division, right behind Tennessee. So let's just let's just sit tight.
4: Yeah, I'm in agreement with both those guys. Next,
2: man, I don't know. Hold on a second. I'm I'm selling because I'm looking for a franchise. I don't know if I'm selling, but I'm 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 gonna draft a franchise quarterback. I'm not even thinking so about. So you staying this. put right now. I, I uh, no, if the right <laughs> deal comes along, I might move somebody. I might yeah, but somebody. for the time you being, you're staying
4: put. It depends. If someone likes moving? someone
2: on my roster and he's not like – Colts aren't going to win any Super Bowl anytime soon. Man, they I'm need a franchise any, quarterback. I'm not giving up
3: Michael Pittman Jr. I'm not giving exactly. up John yeah. Taylor. I'm not giving up the offensive lineman. Um,
2: yeah, the guard.
3: The, the guard. Yeah. So who am I – I'm not giving up my linebacker. Like, who am I giving up?
5: Yeah, good point.
2: <laughs> Buyers or sellers? Saints, two and five. <laughs> See
3: what I deal with every day, Tim?
5: Yeah, yeah. You said Saints. Okay, if I'm if I'm the Saints, uh, I'm a seller, um, and probably a seller big time. They don't have a ton of draft capital in the future. They have a really talented group on the defensive line. They have wide receivers that I think would be attractive to some of these teams that um, are you know struggling with their wide receivers. I think the Saints uh, should be sellers.
3: I think the Saints should be sellers as well, although they're not completely out of it. If they don't mm-hmm. win this weekend, the deadline is on Tuesday, November 4th at 4 p.m. Eastern time, Timmy. I'm looking to move a big piece of that offense. Mm-hmm. And you know the mm-hmm. big piece that I'm looking to move. I'm not going to say the names. You can just figure it out.
4: <clears throat> Michael Thomas, yeah, I will say it for you. And Alvin Kamara. Um, I, I would say Sellers, Tim. I, I guess the question I would have for you, Timmy, is what do you do with Jameis Winston?
5: Yeah, well, I don't think there's anything you can do with Jameis Winston. Um, but I do think that... Look, I I just think look I, I'm not ready to punt completely on Jameis in his future, but I, I don't think there's any value you know for Jameis. You just look around the league. Where's the landing spot for him that somebody would want him? Uh, you know, so I think you have to sit put there. I I think there's a lot of talent. I mean, you guys obviously you know touched on receiver, running back. Um, look I, look is Taysom is Hill attractive to somebody? Is um, is that defensive line that's littered with talent attractive? I think it certainly is. So. I think there could be a lot of movement for the Saints. I, it would not surprise me if they were receiving a lot of calls.
2: Agreed. Buyers or sellers, the Giants at 6-1? and one.
5: Yeah, I think, if anything, you're a buyer. Now, here's what I'd say about teams that are really successful right now. You know, there, There's a, a culture and a feel and a buy-in that, that everyone feels like they're a part of. And so anybody you bring in, you have to worry about there being any type of disruption. So, look, I'm not getting the guy just to get a guy based on talent alone. So I'm thinking about, you know, who the guy is, what type of teammate he's been in the past, all of that. That being said, I'm, I'm more a buyer than a seller. Um, I think this about the giants and that uh, I think that tight end and receiver could come up to be an issue. I just, that's how I feel about watching them. Max, I'm sure you watch this weekend. Like to me, I thought there were a bunch of drop balls this past weekend. I, I think they, they need more consistent play around Daniel Jones outside of the running back. And so uh, with that, I think upgrades at those positions, um, and especially tight end with as much as they want to run the football, having multiple guys, especially as guys get banged up, I would be looking at those two positions intensely.
3: Yeah, yeah I'm Byer, and I'm with Tim on this. You look at the tight end position, you look at the receiver position, and what I'm looking for, Tim, is I'm looking for a nice piece of meat that's nice and ready, I just took it off the grill and I'm letting it rest before we eat it. I need one of those six, seven, eight-year veteran-type players on the skill position that got a lot of tools. You know, that's what I'm looking at because I don't want it I don't want it too raw and I don't want it bleeding when I open it up and I don't want it too mm. dead and dry on the back end. I need it nice and right and juicy sitting on the plate resting.
4: Yeah, I'm a buyer. Yeah. Guys like T. Higgins, guys like Jared Judy, the market is open for the Giants to make a move.
2: Yeah, buyer, and of course, Tim, you're exactly right. And, and more than anything, what Key is talking about, like Michael Thomas or someone I, I, like I, that. I didn't say that. I said what Key <laughs> he is talking about, comma. <laughs> Michael Thomas or someone like that. Hey, Tim, I need to find out what Daniel Jones' ceiling is. Like, I can see he is good. But now let's do for Daniel Jones what all the top franchises do for their Quarterbacks, go get him an alpha receiver, as as Key defines it, a guy through whom you can run your passing offense through, right? And let's see what Daniel Jones got, because maybe he's a little better than just okay, right? Uh, buyers no or sellers? Qu- no yeah, question okay. about it. Yeah, buyers or sellers. Jags, they're two and five.
5: Yeah, I I think the Jags are sellers, and I think they're sellers. Um, you know, look, I, I think they maybe in some way showed their hand. I look, I think Travis Ekan is going to be a really good back. And I think they they had seen enough of him. And because of the need at the Jets, you know, I think that was, um, you know, more indicative of, you know, indicative of, you know, the fact that, you know, that's why they moved Robinson. Now, I do think they should be sellers. They're a team with a good defensive line, a good set of linebackers. They have some receivers that, yeah, you know, I think you could say that that have underperformed. Um, you know, with some younger guys, maybe you know playing as well as some of the, the older guys, and so I think Jacksonville um, should be more willing to move guys than bring guys in at this point, especially with you know how the season's gone so far.
3: Yeah, definitely sellers. We've already seen them move, Robinson, as you mentioned, to the New York Jets, so they've already opened up the window of opportunity for other people to raid their roster, but. What I would say is they can't have this this overhaul, so to speak. They can't let people just come in and raid their roster. Mm-hmm. They have to be strategic at who they're moving because they're building a certain foundation there and you don't want to start all over again, especially after last season, and now Doug Peterson comes in with a whole new crop of guys in free agency. Kristen Kirk and company, they Zay Jones and those guys. So I certainly would be sellers, but who are they selling? I guess.
2: All right, last one. The Jets are five and two. Buyers or sellers?
5: Yeah. So so here is what I would say. I, I think they're buyers um, because of the success that they're having right now. You know, much like you know, you talk about you know with Daniel Jones, you know, like like hey, you know, we want to know what we have in the quarterback. And so I think that when you have a good team on both sides of the ball, so that some of the moves could be defensive. Um, you, know, you, you know, you're you trying to figure it out. Offensive line was a concern coming into the year. Is there anybody available that provides depth? That Look, we're, we're only at the halfway point of the season. We've seen how injuries have affected football teams already. Like, is there something that can be done there? So I don't think – I think we've seen their big move, I would say. Um, and so I think they should be buyers more than sellers. And, look, I, I would also say this to Max, just because I know that, you know, the, yes, the, the Jets are the last one. You know, there's some other teams that could be in the mix. You know, the only team that you didn't ask that I think could be more active than not would be Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh would be sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are players that would be helpful, um, you know, off of that that roster other places. But um, the Jets, more buyers than sellers. Yeah, yeah I think really I think cool. the
3: Jets will be buyers, especially from a depth standpoint. Like you mentioned, Tim, the offensive line, AVT is out now with the elbow injury. So what happens there? Do you get depth there? And then here's a team that nobody is really talking about, and you know this, Tim. They always do transactions, So the New England Patriots. They're always mm-hmm. scouring and moving guys for depth. They may not get a star, but they get somebody who helps them.
2: That is Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN NFL analyst. Thank you, Tim.
3: All right, Tim. See you, guys. All right, Timmy. Keyshawn said the Browns uh, are uh, not uh,
2: who, 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 making what? the playoffs. Keyshawn, is in Keyshawn Johnson, said the Cleveland Browns are not making the NFL playoffs.
3: Captain Obvious, Keyshawn.
2: Is he right? He
1: thinks he is. He just said it. And said it again. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live. Everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the more tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap live radio. ESPN radio. Everywhere you are.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com unsportsmanlike.
2: Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're on the ESPN app. You can go to more on the lower right-hand corner of the app. Scroll down to live radio.
3: Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Live radio, man. You know what I'm saying? ESPN Radio, what we do for a living. We talk sports 24-7. You hear what I'm saying, Max?
2: No, it's hard to hear, actually. I don't now, is it is really hard? I should raise bit, my voice little a little bit A little bit, but more? it's actually hard to hear.
3: Yeah, man, that's the mood you're in, brother.
2: You know What's up, Maxie? Well, what's up you know, is I just know, read up? about it in the Sports Center. Um, Jalen Brown and Aaron Donald. Jalen Brown of the Celtics. Aaron Donald, of course, of the champion, Los Angeles Rams, are leaving Don to sports. Kanye West, uh, you know, his agency, or he founded the agency, and he's made a bunch of unhinged comments publicly recently, Kanye West, about Jewish people. (laughs) Uh, I am Jewish, by the way. It seems to me that he is not okay emotionally, mentally. It, It sounds like someone who's off their meds. That's what it sounds like. But he nevertheless hit on a bunch of dangerous um, anti-Semitic tropes publicly and predictably, if you're Jewish, you know what I'm talking about. It's received without, um, in, in many corners as, well, no, there's some, there's some, you know, there's something to what he's saying. And, and then a lot of people come out and talk about, don't silence him because, you know, there's, you know, an exchange of ideas and stuff. And I hear all that, but it is nevertheless the kind of most virulent anti-Semitic tropes that he's hitting on publicly. Um, and, uh, and I could tell you guys, just as a Jewish person, you know, he's, I'm sure that he has had experiences with people who are Jewish that he didn't like, just like their experiences with all kinds of people that you're not crazy about. But he is, the assumptions that he's making when he's talking publicly is that there's some kind of a, a Jewish cabal or community with some kind of an agenda. And I could tell you that if there is, I want in. Right. Like there is not, not, not to my knowledge. So, 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 uh, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't sound right. And it's, and there's of course a predictable backlash now. And, and, uh, that's it. He's out of, you know, they're, they're losing, they're losing and he's losing endorsements and they're losing his agency is losing uh, athletes. Key and J,
3: Yeah. It, it, you know, I, I'd i say one thing, you know, I got obviously a ton of, of, of Jewish friends. I, I deal with, Jewish people literally every single day. It's not one day I don't. And I apologize for his behavior to all of them, including you, obviously, Max, because I deal with you every single day. And I deal with, you know, the entertainment business, the financial business, whatever whatever business that Why is. Why do you, have, like to apologize. Apologize. you have to apologize? You don't have to apologize yeah, for kind of. You know, no, He's not the representation reason, for all. No, the reason I apologize is because it's sad that we still deal with these of situations. It's just, it's just sad to me, and I hate it. I hate when we have to deal with it, Jay, as, as black men mm-hmm. in, in America, how we are treated by white folk or, 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 or our own people or whoever. I, I hate it. I just hate it. It's unfortunate, and I apologize. I say I apologize for that, that type of behavior. Um, I'm not a doctor. I don't know his mental state of mind, but much like Max said, it certainly feels like there's some things – that lends itself to believe there's some mental health issues that's going on. Um, when you start to spiral out of control, we've seen it. We've seen it in our lives. When people spiral out of control like this, there's something there that needs uh, uh, attention. Something, something from a neurological standpoint mm. that needs some sort of medical attention. Um, you know, in in when you barking up dangerous trees and you doing things and saying things that could also at the same time influence others to do things is just not cool. So that's why yeah. I apologize.
4: Let me say two things. Number one, regardless of race, there are competent people and there are incompetent people. Kanye, yay, whatever he wants to be called is incompetent. That's number one. Number two, as it relates to this scorched the earth, you know, schedule that he's on. The problem is also is that since he's came out and made these comments, media platforms have given him more opportunities to expound upon it for ratings. So he's only taking advantage, Max, of the system to spew more conversations and hate, right, to continue this conversation. And the problem that I have with this is this dude it was on the ticket to become president of the United States. Like that was a real thing for people.
2: Well, he was being used by a certain political party. That was a
4: real thing for people. (laughs) Think about that for one second. Like after everything that he said and where that was a real thing for people. And that's a byproduct of the system. So yeah, I fought Kanye a lot, but it's also, I fought the system for giving them more opportunity to spew it. So so here's the
2: original quote, by the way, he's going to, Con. It's really DEFCON. And DEFCON is um, a defense condition. Remember War Games, the movie of Matthew Broderick? One through five. One being like, uh-oh, you're on the— and, and five being, okay, things are calm. And so he thinks it's one through three, and he calls it DEFCON, not DEFCON, but okay. He says he's going to Death CON 3 on Jewish people. And here's the quote. You guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. And and the thing is, I'm sure that he has run into Jewish people who he's had bad experiences with. But when he says you guys as though there's some larger Jewish conspiracy, you know, a bunch of Jews getting together and say, oh, let's stop Kanye West, based on some kind of Jewish interests is absurd. But you will notice if you're Jewish, um, and I don't know if you guys have because you'd be more sensitive to it when it's happening to a a group with whom you associate, Um, you will notice that. Anti-Semitism is often the it's often closely related to paranoia, right because the idea is there's some kind of hidden agenda or a few people with their hands on Collective the levers of power yeah and and it just it's just you know it's it, and so so it's unsurprising to me that it starts to come out of the woodwork right and Kanye, who is clearly in some kind of a paranoid state. This kind of this comes out of him. And I, I hope it is a product, Key, of some kind of mental illness and not his feelings when he's in his right state of mind. And Key, in terms of your apologizing for Kanye, I know what you mean. I also, you can be, as a member of a certain group, you can be embarrassed by the behavior of members of, of the group, right?
3: Oh, I'm absolutely. Because I but don't you, want people out there in the world thinking. That we, as black men, all think that way. That's not right. the case, yeah. Right. Of course it's not the case, Jay, but you know what we're living in. You yeah. know where we at. Yeah, but everybody he, I, just, people think the way they think.
4: Yeah, I, I don't think there's a, a blanket association with every black person. Kanye does not speak for black people.
3: No, that, that is correct. He does not. But there are a section of the world that we live in yeah. that will associate us the same way they do. All black people are bad. All black people gonna rob you. All black people do this. That's what what I I it's, look at it, man. When I'm driving on four hundred five freeway and and I'm looking at the top of the bridge and I'm seeing banners being hung and I know the community that I live in and I know all of my close friends and what they are and Jewish and whatnot. That that to me that rubs me the wrong way. It just does. No, it, it rubs it, it, me the wrong way. It rubs me totally the, the wrong way too. The wrong but way.
4: people speak to factions. You know what I mean. Like And and there are factions of, regardless, like what you just said, Key, like misrepresentation of all black people, like misrepresentation of Jewish people. I don't know what
2: Key means. If a Jewish person's in the news, if someone who's clearly Jewish is in the news and they've done something bad, I also feel, rightly or wrongly, an embarrassment in a way, a a kind of urge to be like, wait a minute, I'm sorry, right? Like, even though I'm not responsible for the behavior and the behavior of that individual does not reflect on the entire group – it's the way I feel, so I appreciate the way Key feels, but I also have to say once Key says that, and so do you, I think, Jay, Key, you don't have to apologize, mm-hmm. but that's the way he feels. No, I understand. Um, so apropos of this discussion, is Dallas's defense enough to get them to the Super Bowl? That's no good way to do that off this what?
3: conversation. Well, here's – in, in the fact that the next uh, Jewish holiday, Max, I'm taking off with you.
2: Yeah, that's right. We're going to take. We're going to. Uh, Key and I are taking off the Jewish holidays. Why is it holiday
4: just kidding you? Why can't I? I would love to participate as well. Would you like to? Yes.
2: Boy, a lot of Jewish holidays. We can get a lot of days off here. <laughs> yeah, a lot of days this. off. Uh, is Dallas's defense good enough to carry them to the Super Bowl?
1: From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio or watch on ESPN Two. Keyshawn J Will and Max live weekday morning starting at six Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Two.
4: You say, wait—is Serena retired or not? So yesterday on our text chain, I, I sent the article that came out by Front Office Sports, where Serena teases tennis fans as she says, "I'm not retired." Um, you know, speaking at a recent TechCrunch Disrupt conference in San Francisco to promote her Serena Ventures, she invested in the company. Williams said, "I'm not retired. The chances are very high of playing again. You come to my house. I've got a court. I'm just Max." That whole time where she was at the U.S. Open, and I saw the way she started to find the new version of herself, considering that she was actually taking training seriously again. Now, I don't, I don't know how it's going to affect her if she wants to have another child. Like I, I, that's a completely different conversation. But that seemed like it gave her a new life. You were saying it at the spirit.
2: time. You were saying that you're watching the way she plays. You wonder if she's having second thoughts.
4: Yeah, because Kate, she was finding that even at her age, she could still be dominant.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief she's retired. She has a court at her house because she's, yeah, hey, I'm not retired. I got a court at my house. All the games, man, they just, the games because guess what you're talking about the smile. The, I don't think she plays as a professional competition tennis circuit anymore. I don't think she does it. You Maybe know, some charitable stuff and she don't consider that retirement. Maybe playing around with her, her kid, her daughter, on the tennis court, something like that. But in terms of seeing her in tournaments, I think she's completely, I think she's completely you done.
2: Know what, you know what I think we'll know that? Uh, I talked to Andre Ward about this. Now, Andre Ward, you know, he, he took a while for him to gain recognition when Floyd retired especially as the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. He finally did it. Had a rematch with this guy Kovalev. they had a tough first fight, knocked him out. Andre Ward's on top of the world. He is the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, undefeated. What's next? He's about to come into a bonanza. He retired. He retired right there, walked away. Floyd, why did you do that?
3: He's right there. (laughs) Floyd and
2: Andre. But
3: No, Floyd, right there. Ask him
2: why. (laughs) (laughs) He talked about you, Jay. You look like Floyd. Floyd. But but the point is nothing like Floyd, man. The point is with, with Andre Ward. I always thought, and I've talked to Dre about this, and he's talked about it. When you really know if you're retired or not is when you feel it was my choice to walk away. But you're going to feel it in your own body at a certain point, like, can I still do this if I wanted to? Is it still my choice? And that's the moment we'll know about Serena, right? When she's like, I don't know if I can still do this. That might might not be right now. That might be down the road. She's like, am I walk? Can I still do it if I choose? Is it still my choice? Then we'll find out if she's really
4: retired. Look at some of the greatest coaches. Michael Jordan came back after retirement. Yep, still man. found out on, man. he can give people the business. Tom <laughs> Yo, Brady's sure. still playing at a late age. I mean, all these athletes are watching that. See, now they Jordan can eat was at washed later up. Stage. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Jordan would give me buckets. George, he gave me buckets. Jordan playing the He was the five, not washed man, up. You have no it. idea what you're talking about.
1: Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio.
6: Go to your happy place for a happy
1: price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
6: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
2: Keyshawn J. Will and max ESPN Radio, were presented by Progressive Insurance. Guys, Jerry Jones made an interesting comparison when discussing the NFC East. Listen to this.
7: I will say this, uh, I'm sobered up, by I look ahead, and the uh, reality is we've got a lot of football, a lot of football left to play. At all times, I don't ever feel like it's set. It's like holding two handfuls of jello and thinking you've got it when it's coming out this finger, coming out that finger, and you try to grab over there. So there's an element of that, uh, that, uh, if you will, injury. Uh, but there is really the evolving of uh, your talent level and so uh, you've got to anticipate that and know that it's a moving target and uh, uh it's just not going to be the same wagon train that left the east <laughs> broke the wagons down on the mississippi and burned some of them for firewood and a lot of people born and died on the way it's the train but it's not the same makeup of it
6: what back? What about
4: Jello?
3: something about Jello and wagon wait, trains? Run, and, I need to I listen never, to that
4: again, please. Can
3: I we run it back? i never really had Jello in my lifetime, and he's uh, like
2: a version of Don King from back in the day. He's talking about six days of Jello and wagon trains, and
4: I'm being honest. Can we really run it back? I really, I got lost multiple times in what he was talking about. Yeah, let's run it back.
2: Well,
3: okay, I could explain it to you, but that's all
2: right. Let's listen to it one more time, and then have Key break it down. Key, you can translate after.
7: I will say this: uh, I'm sobered up. I look ahead, and uh, reality is we've got a lot of football, lot of football left to play. At all times, I don't ever feel like it's set. It's like holding two handfuls of jello what? and thinking you've got it when it's coming out this finger, coming out that finger, and you try to grab over there. So what? there's an element of that, uh, that uh, if you will, injury. Uh, but there is a really the evolving of uh, your talent level. And so uh, you got to anticipate that and know that it's a moving target and uh, uh, it's just not going to be the same wagon train that left the east, hmm. broke the wagons down on the Mississippi and burned some of them for firewood and a lot of people born and died on the way. It's the train, but it's not the same makeup of it.
2: I, I hear what he's saying, too. Why don't you break it down?
3: So he said before he was extremely drunk and thought that it was easy. And he realized that it's like Jello; it's just sp- sp- spilling out of the fingers as you hold it, and it changes day to day. So one week is is Philadelphia. Philadelphia might be on the back end. One week is the Giants; they might be on the back end. Then all of a sudden it's the Dallas Cowboys. It's never as solid as he thought. And it, in terms of the train being burned down, it's the it's the same makeup of the train. It's just the outer parts of it have completely collapsed. And it's burned up, and we lost some people along the way, which means that some of the players are gone. They've gone on about their business, but it's still the same train. He still got the same caboose, all those sort of things to run along the tracks to try to end it, and try to finish it in the end. That makes sense to you, Jay?
4: Okay, let's call professional <laughs> sports. I mean, I just... <laughs> well, if they felt like I, they had something
3: in their hands, like and, had, but it's it, it, not, it's a long was, way to What did they feel yeah. like they had in their hands? many years he's been drunk, believing that the Cowboys, believing for many years that the Cowboys was just the cream of the crop, and no matter what, it was going to be this. And then he realized, in the end, that's not the case. That's all he's saying. I feel like, okay. at a certain point, how old is <laughs> Dak Jake, now? like, how did I get all that out yeah, of that?
2: Hey, can someone look at who That off a of, top of their head? key. You are special, man. Who knows <laughs> off the top of their head how old Dak is? He, how he, old? Yeah, how old is Dak? Is he thirty? Twenty-seven, yet? I 27. believe. Twenty-seven. Yeah. He's got a long time still, but twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Yeah, but he's still in his late twenties. And quarterbacks, as you can see, can play into their forties. Uh, and the he's Dallas-
5: 29. 29. Oh, 29. okay, twenty nine. Okay. But
2: still, he's got a lot. Long- he might not even be in his prime yet at twenty nine, right? In terms of quarter, like knowledge. Combined no, he with- won't
3: get into his prime. Dak won't be in his prime. until He's about thirty four.
2: Right, probably could be. Like it's hard to say now. But looking back at it, we might look back and say he won his, his best till he's thirty three, thirty four years old. But the point is defenses, and the Dallas Cowboys have a hellified defense right now. Usually the shelf life on a given defense is three, four on the outside five years, right? Like where where you go, yeah, that group together. And then that's like kind of the next generation of defenders come in. I've seen the it problem, with the Giants. You saw it in Tampa Key. You see it – you know, you've seen it recently. So this is like year what, two, year
3: one or two? This is, really, this is really year one. Year one of this defense. Yeah, but the problem that you're going to have, and Jerry knows this, is – Those defenses that you're talking about, right? Dick LeBeau, Mm -hmm. Monty Kiffin, Mm -hmm. uh, 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 Dan Quinn, Gus Bradley. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Eventually, those guys get head coaching jobs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. Eventually, those guys get head coaching jobs. But when you talk about Monty Kiffin, he was a defensive lifer. The late Jim Johnson, Philadelphia Eagles, was a defensive lifer. Right. He wasn't getting a head coaching job anytime soon. Where Dan Quinn mm-hmm. is, is, you know, he's the next man up. So it's up to Dan Quinn to say, I don't want a job next year, and Jerry to say, I tell you what, I'm going to pay you like a head coach, even though you're a D.C., to keep that unit intact. Because if you get another defensive coordinator in there, you're gonna be in trouble. When you think about, you think about Rex Ryan, Marvin Lewis, those guys. They eventually got head coaching jobs, but they had people on the staff that could take over for them in Baltimore when they was rolling. I don't know if they got that in Dallas outside that's, of Dan Quinn. Yeah.
4: I just, I, I laugh at the yep. whole analogy. That I mean, that's that's every challenge that every business faces, right? Retention. Like, there's always another company out there looking to poke. One no, but
2: sometimes if you have like a like he was saying an older like LeBeau with the with the Steelers, yeah, he was an a older yeah, yeah. defensive head uh, uh, coordinating lifer is not no more ambitions to be a head coach. Yeah, it's easier to retain that yeah, than a like, guy who like still Mon- has a career as a head coach. Think you know? about yeah. it, Mon- age Mon- of the Kiffin, employee. Yeah. yeah,
3: but think about it. Monty Kiffin came to Tampa with Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy left to go to the Indianapolis Colts. Monty Kiffin stayed in Tampa and became the Tampa Bay's defensive coordinator, along with John Gruden. So it was it was there for a eight-year stretch, so to speak. But, but the Key, I bring side. this up with
2: the Dallas Cowboys because if this is year one of the defense and they have some kind of continuity, like aside from your fears about it, they're answered in a positive way, let's just say, then they should have a bunch of bites at the apple with Dak Prescott entering his prime years with a great defense up front at least. Four or five bites at the apple. I am, like, it would be a huge underachievement if they Jerry, never even got one.
3: But Jerry want to see it, though. Yeah, Of course, yeah. <laughs> he want to <laughs> see not alive, he purse yeah. it live in person. Now, yeah. you know, Jerry 80 years old, man. You know, he want to see it. He do not want to hear about it later
4: on.
2: No, he doesn't want to see it in the big jumbotron in the sky, does he? He wants to see it right here. Absolutely, That's right. as
4: he should. Man, talk about trains burning down in Mississippi. I said, "Oh, where are we going?" Man, stop. man. What There's I just—I no, swear, J- my J- brain went to. I'm allowed to think that. Think Jello. Yeah,
3: no, you're allowed to think that. But think he, Jello. You know, I didn't jello say he Nash, was. You know, who eats Jello? I like one Jello. I don't ones. have any. you keep one one oh, the sugar free Jello. On pretty good. The history <laughs> of dessert. So keep your fingers <laughs> open. <laughs> let it
4: sit in your palms. Hey, was
2: Aaron Rodgers throwing teammates under the bus by saying guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing? Chris Canty thought so. What do you think, Keyshawn J. Willow. Max.
1: From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
6: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts.